that's how Abraham lived. He didn't have the foggiest notion what God was doing in his life, but he had come to understand that God is right and God is sovereign. And when God says move, you just say how fast. And that's the way we're to live too. God's leading may cause you to leave the comforts and the security of home, of work, and, and yes, even of lakeside. It may not be a pleasant thing. Relatives may not understand what God is doing in your life. Job associates may think you've gone nuts at why you would do certain things. And even fellow Christians who mean well may question your spirituality. But you do what God has called you to do and trust His leading even if you don't know where He's leading you. I mean, that's the walk of faith. I can't count the number of times I've wondered, as Abraham must have, what was God doing in my life? Yet as I look back, there is a clear pattern of His guidance over the years. It may not be as dramatic as what Abraham experienced, but it's just as amazing to me that God took a personal interest in me and that He still does. He is just as interested in you. You may not know what the future holds, but as the song says, we know who holds the future. Hi there. Thanks for listening today to Verse by Verse. Pastor teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel is our teacher. Lakeside is in Clearwater, Florida, and Pastor Steve has been serving there for over 25 years. This daily radio Bible class is an extension of that teaching ministry. Now, we've been studying the 11th chapter of Hebrews, and we're in the middle now, of uh, Pastor Steve's second message about the heroes of the faith. In our last class, Pastor Steve began leading us through the life of Abraham. I will continue on that topic today and conclude that particular message about Abraham in our next session together. But we won't be done learning about faith from his example. There is a great deal we can learn from Abraham. What made him so special? Let's listen and find out. Here's Pastor Steve. Now, who was Abraham and why was he so special? Uh, Abraham was a pagan man. He was raised in a family of idolaters. Most people do not realize that. Most people think somehow Abraham was raised in a spiritual family and he just kind of believed like that and he was nurtured along. No, not true. Abraham was a heathen raised in a family of idolaters. And the reason we know this is Joshua. Yes, Joshua 24.2. You say, Joshua, where'd you pull this out of? Out of commentaries. Where, where else? Joshua 24. I don't know all this without uh, the help of great men of God. Joshua 24.2. And Joshua said to all the people, this is sort of an obscure verse, but it's very, very helpful. It reveals a lot about Abraham. Joshua said to all the people, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, from ancient times your fathers lived beyond the river namely Terah, the father of Abraham and the father of, of Nahor, and they, watch this, served other gods. Other gods. Those who are uh, real scholars and have really researched this out tell us that the gods that they worshipped were probably, probably the, a central god would be the moon god. So imagine that Abraham was raised in a family that worshipped the moon god as well as other gods. He did, he did not grow up in a home in which he worshipped the one true God. So he grew up in a family of idolaters, and he lived in a city called Ur in a region called Chaldea. Now that may mean nothing to you, but to archaeologists that really means a lot, because Ur, according to archaeological research, uh, 
Ur was a center of civilization. It was the New York City of its day. It's not some kind of hick town out of the way. It's not the suburbs. Ur was a big commercial center, a highly developed material and intellectual center of civilization. Trade routes went through this city, and wherever you have trade routes, you have big business and you have a lot of people. In fact, one person estimated they had about a quarter of a million people living in Ur. Now, that is huge. Uh, even today, that's big. But imagine back then, where they mostly had little villages. So Ur was the New York City of its day. In fact, a recently discovered tablet of stone revealed that the mathematicians of Ur were trying to find a solution to a problem in trigonometry that still baffles modern-day mathematicians. So this was not some backwards kind of a place. These were not uh, ignorant uh, people. These were highly learned, uh, learned people of their day. These were, uh, this was a very cosmopolitan area. But from this major city, and cultural center, God reached down and he called Abraham to leave it. And that's where chapter 12, verse 1 comes in. In fact, chapter 12, verse 1 through verse 3 is one of the key Bible verses in all the scriptures. If you miss this, you miss much of the scriptures because this tells us about the promise to Abraham. It's called the Abrahamic Covenant. And you can't understand the Old Testament. In fact, you can't understand much of the New Testament without understanding the Abrahamic covenant. It's an unconditional promise to Abraham to make him a nation, to give his people and uh, himself the land, and through him Messiah would come, which would bless all the families of the earth, not just the Jewish people. So watch this. Now, Abraham's just, he's a pagan. He's been raised uh, uh, knowing about the moon god and other gods. And the Lord said, now the Lord said to Abram, go forth from your country and from your relatives, and from your father's house to the land which I will show you. Now, apparently, while the scripture is silent on this, sometime prior to this, God revealed himself to Abraham. We don't know how, we don't know when, we don't know where, but it would appear that Abraham knew, had, had come to know about the one true God. God had, must have revealed himself to him. And so now the call comes sometime later, comes for Abraham to leave the security of his country, of his family, of his friends, of his relatives, and go to a new land that God would eventually show him. God did not say at this point what this new land was. Didn't even say where it would be. Remember, Abraham's not going to go into a travel agency and say, what's it like? He doesn't even know where he's going. But what did he do? So we turn back to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, meaning Genesis 12, obeyed. He obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance. And he went out, watch this, not knowing where he was going. Abraham didn't even know where he was to go. Abraham did what God told him to do, even though he had no idea where he was going. And you know why? Because living faith is active, it responds to God's word with action. It is responsive, it is obedient, even if it doesn't have the foggiest notion of where the next step lies. He just obeyed. In fact, uh, the way that, that this is worded in the, in the original Greek language means that he obeyed without any hesitancy. You could translate it this way, when he was being called, when God was saying, Abraham, I want you to go, in Abraham's mind, he was already packed. 
Now it probably, you know, obviously had a, he had a pack and it probably took uh, days and maybe weeks to actually move out. But the point is, in his mind, he was already gone. It wasn't that he debated this and said, I don't know, should I, Sarah, what do you think? I, no, it was that God called and he was ready to go. Now, this may not sound too impressive to, to many of us because we look at verse 8 and we see that God called him to a place, it says, which he was to receive for an inheritance. So you may be thinking, sure, he was quick to go. The guy's got some real estate he's going to grab hold of. Who wouldn't leave? God said, I'm going to give you some land. And so Abraham's saying, great, let's go. Where can I cash in on this? But that is not the case. That was not the case because we read in Genesis 12 that only, in fact, why don't you turn back there, Genesis 12, 6 and 7, because it says that only after Abraham arrived in the land of, of Canaan did God inform him that this land was to belong to his descendants. When God called him out, Abraham initially didn't know where he was going, and God never told him that this land would belong to you and to your people. But we see in verses 6 and 7 what happened, and Abraham passed through the land as far as the site of Shechem to the uh, Oak of Moreh. Now the Canaanite was then in the land. That's very significant. When he arrived there, somebody else was there first. And the Lord appeared, verse 7, to Abram and said, To your descendants I will give this land. God never told him that before. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. God never told him this is your land. He just told him, get up and go. And Abraham went. And then when he got there, he found that the Canaanites inhabited the land. And God said, I'm giving it to you. In fact, later on, God said, as far as you can see, Abraham, look over that way, look over this way, look north, look south. It's yours. It's your people's. So Abraham's motive was not to leave quickly to get his hands on this new real estate. And I think that's important we understand that. He left only because God called him. He had faith in the bare and naked word of God. I think that speaks volumes to us. This is so very practical because Jesus still calls us to forsake all to follow him. That's the call of God on our lives. And this is the adventure of faith. There is a tremendous adventure of faith because as we follow the Lord, we don't know where he's going to lead us. In fact, if you knew where he was going to lead you, it wouldn't be faith, would it? It wouldn't be faith if God told you every step of the way what it was, it was going to be. We follow him one day at a time and we don't know where he's going to lead us. We don't know how we might suffer as we follow his leading. We don't know what would lie ahead for us. We don't know uh, what the future holds but we actively follow his call in our lives. And if you are going to live by faith, then it must be an act of faith, not just intellectual, not just, well, I believe in God. If you really believe in God, then you're going to follow him with action. With action. It must be a faith that, like Abraham's, responds to God with action. And sometimes this is tough, and I think this is why he's writing this to the Hebrews, because they were going through tough times, because it requires us to do things that we don't always feel like doing, right? I mean, the life of faith is not a life of simple pleasure. It, it means doing things that we don't feel like, like doing. Put yourself in Abraham's place. Abraham is really amazing, isn't he? If God tells us to move to a certain place, we generally hesitate. We want to make sure we're doing the right thing. We have to evaluate all the possible consequences. What will the weather be like? What are the schools like? What about the cost of living, the crime rate? 
All sorts of questions go through our minds. Well, Abraham may have been concerned about those things, but if he was, it didn't show. In fact, God didn't even say where he was sending him. He just said to go to a land that he would show Abraham. God said, in effect, pack up everything, Abraham, and start traveling. I'll let you know where to turn and when to stop. And that was good enough for Abraham. Simply amazing, isn't it? Say thank you for listening today. If you just tuned us in, welcome. You're listening to Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. If you missed the start of class, I'll tell you at the end of the program how you can hear it again. We are studying the life of Abraham today and in the coming days. It's part of our series of lessons on the heroes of the faith taken from Hebrews chapter 11. Let's return to class now for more about Abraham's demonstration of faith in moving to an unknown land. Put yourself in his place. Do you realize how difficult it would be to leave your family, to leave your friends? Do you realize how difficult it would be for Abraham to go home, even to Sarah, and say, guess where we're going? And she says, oh, we're moving to that nice little house down the road. No, no. We're, pack your bags. We're leaving. Well, where are we going? I don't know. I mean, just think about that. Where are we going? I don't know where we're going. Well, don't you have a map of it? No, there's no map. We just, God spoke to me. And, and where to go? Uh, I, I know that had to be hard for him. A place he didn't know the destination. And he couldn't even leave a forwarding address to his relatives. Like, write us when we get there. Well, I mean, there's nothing like that. But he did it because he trusted God's direction in his life. And I think here's the key. We don't know where God's going to lead us. We don't know what tomorrow brings. But the key to trusting God when you don't know where he's leading you is to trust his character. It's to trust his character. If you get caught up in the circumstances, you will be a basket case. You trust his character. We don't always know what God is doing in our lives, and sometimes it is so mysterious, and sometimes you, you just wonder, what is going on here? But trust God's character because that character is impeccable. It's absolutely impeccable. When you, when you resolve that in your mind, you will go anywhere and do anything that he, that he tells you to do, any burden he puts upon you. We believe that, that he knows what he's doing, and you rest in that. And sometimes it, it may feel to us like we don't know what he's doing, but you rest in the solid truth that he is absolutely righteous and perfect, and you live like that because you trust God's character. That's how Abraham lived. He didn't have the foggiest notion what God was doing in his life, but he had come to understand that God is right and God is sovereign. And when God says move, you just say how fast. And that's the way we're to live too. God's leading may cause you to leave the comforts and the security of home, of work, and, and yes, even of Lakeside. I talked with uh, Jack Jenkins this last week and uh, they're lonely. They're lonely. Uh, it's not been all a pleasure, though things are going well. And if you ask Jack, well, why did you leave? Because God called him. Do you really think he felt like going to Coldwater, Michigan from, from Clearwater, Florida? <laughs> I can guarantee you that he didn't feel like doing that. You know, but he did it. He did it because he obeyed God. It may not be a pleasant thing. Relatives may not understand what God is doing in your life. Uh, job associates may think you've gone nuts at why you would do certain things. 
And even fellow Christians who, who mean well may, may question your spirituality. But you do what God has called you to do and trust his leading, even if you don't know where, his, where he's leading you. I mean, that's the walk of faith. As I said before, if you knew where he was leading you, it wouldn't be by faith. It's a great adventure of faith, and you can really rest in God's character. That's the whole key. Abraham had come to, to know that this God was a God who could be trusted. As someone said, true faith is content to travel under sealed orders. Isn't that good? True faith is content to travel under sealed orders. You just, you just go. And it may not be something like going to the mission field or going even to another place. It's just every day what God puts on your heart or what you read from the word, you just, faith is active. You do things whether you feel like doing it or not. It may very well mean going to the mission field. It may, it may very well mean going to some other place or doing something else. We don't have all the answers and we don't understand always what God is doing in our lives. In fact, very seldom do I understand what God is doing in my life. Except after it happens, I look back and I say, oh, that's what he was doing. And sometimes even then, I don't know what he was doing. But true faith simply responds to God's word now and trusts him to lead. So Abraham's faith, number one, it was active. But there's a second characteristic of Abraham's faith, and it all fits together. Abraham's faith was also patient. Patient. Verse 9, we need active faith. You need a faith that responds and obeys and does what God wants. But you also need to be patient. And so verse 9 says, By faith he, meaning Abraham, lived as an alien in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. This is, this is just incredible. Even though our father Abraham was promised this land. God said, Abraham, to you and to your descendants, as far as the eye can see, you've got it. And then, in fact, in Genesis, God laid out the dimensions of the land. Imagine how Abraham felt. This is all yours. But he actually never lived to see the fulfillment of this promise. That's what makes this so amazing. God said, Abraham, it's yours. But the Canaanite was there. The Canaanite was there. This promise never actually came to fruition until hundreds of years later when Joshua led the people and they invaded the land. And even then it wasn't perfectly fulfilled. It only be perfectly fulfilled in the millennial kingdom. There's still problems in the Middle East today over this very promise. So instead, when Abraham arrived in the land, he found, as I said moments ago, it was inhabited by the Canaanites. And what did Abraham do? Put yourself in Abraham's place uh, and think, does he start a war to rid the land of the Canaanites? After all, God said, it's your land. No, he never started a war. And he could have. He could have. Abraham had a lot of men. Remember when Lot, his nephew, was taken uh, away by some of the, the Canaanites? Abraham got an army of hundreds of men, and they went and they rescued Lot. He could have. He was a very wealthy man with a lot of possessions and a lot of servants. And Abraham could have physically used power to take over the land. He didn't do that. Did he start building a city that he claimed as his own? Say, well, let's, we'll build right here and let anybody try to take it away. I've got a promise that this is mine. No, he never did that. Did he marry a Canaanite's daughter? A Canaanite king's daughter to, to acquire territorial rights? That's what some would have done, but not Abraham. Never did that. No, instead, he lived in the land of promise as an alien. 
Look at verse 9 again. This is, this is incredible. By faith he lived as an alien in the lands of promise. He, he was an alien. In other words, he lived like an alien in his own lands. He was a transient, a temporary resident. He didn't live there as a citizen. He lived as a foreigner in a land that God said it's yours. He lived as a foreigner in his own land. And this is obvious by his style of living. Verse 9 says, he lived as an alien in the land of promise as in a foreign land dwelling in tents. He dwelt in tents with Isaac and Jacob. They came along later, his son and grandson. And they were fellow heirs of the same promise. And yet they, they all lived in tents. They lived like nomads, moving around from, from place to place with their tents. Never built a permanent home. In fact, Stephen, in Acts chapter 7, when rehearsing to the Sanhedrin, he rehearses the history of Israel, he says that Abraham never owned a land, not even a foot of land, meaning during the normal course of his life. I'll explain to you in a moment that he did get some land, but he never, during the normal course of his life, never even owned a foot of land, never built a permanent home. Instead, he lived in temporary dwellings, and he lived, as you study the book of Genesis, you'll realize that Abraham lived in many different places. You can follow Abraham's wanderings. He was in Shechem and then Bethel and then Hebron and then Beersheba. Abraham moved around. And maybe there were other places that the Bible doesn't tell us. He didn't even live in one spot. The only piece of property that Abraham owned in Canaan came after many, many years. In fact, I think someone said after about 100 years in the lands, when Sarah, his wife, died, he bought a burial plot at Machpelah, which is near Hebron. Let's turn to Genesis 23, because uh, I debated whether to read this chapter to you, but I want you to see the chapter. I am going to read it because um, you really get the flavor of Abraham being a, an, an alien in his own lands. Now, this is the man that God promised it to. This is Abraham. God said, it's your lands. But notice how Abraham lived. Genesis 23, I'm just going to read the whole chapter. Now, Sarah lived 127 years. These were the years of the life of Sarah. And Sarah died in uh, Keratha Arba, that is Hebron, in the land of Canaan. Abraham went to mourn for Sarah and to weep for her. Then Abraham rose from his, from his, before his dead and spoke to the sons of Heth, saying, I am a stranger and a sojourner among you. Give me a burial site among you that I may bury my dead out of my sight. He didn't even have a burial site. So Abraham lived in the promised land for around 60 years before he actually owned any of it. And then it wasn't a home or even a place to build a house. It was simply a place to bury his wife. That indicates real patience on the part of Abraham. Indeed, faith is patient as well as active. And I'm afraid I'll have to ask you for patience as well, because there isn't enough time for Pastor Steve to read the entire passage today. We will have to come back to this in our next class. I hope you can be here for that. You've been listening to Verse by Verse, taught by Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel. Lakeside is located in Clearwater, Florida. And if you're ever in the area on a Sunday morning, we would invite you to stay and worship with us. We're at 1893 Sunset Point Road, midway between US 19 and the beach. If you do come for a visit, we hope you'll stay around for a few minutes after the service so that Pastor Steve can have the pleasure of meeting you. If you would like to hear today's program again, please visit our website, versebyverseradio.org. 
You can listen online or download the program. You can also sign up for our free podcasting service. If you would like to hear previous programs, just click on the archives link. There's also a link to take you to a page where you can subscribe to our complimentary newsletter. If you have time to explore the site, you'll find quite a bit of information there about Pastor Steve and about Verse by Verse Ministries. The web address again is versebyverseradio.org. You can hear Pastor Steve's entire message without announcements on cassette or audio CD. To order one, call 727-239-0306. Leave your name and a number and we'll return your call during weekday office hours. That number again, 727-239-0306. This radio class is produced by Verse by Verse Ministries and it's made possible by the prayers and gifts of interested listeners who have first been faithful to their own local church. Please join us again next time for the conclusion of this message about the heroes of the faith.